Praise the Lord. Let's uh let's open our Bibles real quick. Um I don't have a lot of time, but <clears throat> let's go to Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six, we're gonna read the first uh eleven verses there. Um for those of you that have been at Grace and Love Church for since the beginning or for quite a while, um We've talked about stuff like this before. Uh, I, I want to kind of reiterate some things and just remind us of some things. And this is a, sort of a perfect, these, these passages we're going to read are, are really perfect for a way of life um, for us believers. Um, something that we should really live by and something that we should really hold to heart. Um, so let's read it. Uh, are you there? Amen. So it's Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through uh, 11. And it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that, that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for this service. It's been so amazing, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you that, that you're a blessing to all of us in this place, God. That all the hearts in this place, all the minds would just be open to your word, that they would receive, God, from you. We need you, Jesus, in our lives. You're our strength, our fortress, and our shield. So speak, Lord. Let me be that vessel that you use, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I'm going to talk uh, on a topic that we are very familiar here, or at least some words that we are familiar with, and that's as he is so are we. Now, uh, this is a verse in the Bible that I'll, I'll read in just, just a little bit, but um, what I wanted to do is first set up sort of what it looks like here in Romans chapter 6. Uh, what we see here in Romans chapter 6 is a message that uh, Paul has written to the Roman church about sin and about death and about being alive in God through Jesus Christ. So he starts to explain, and the first thing that he says is, you know, um, when you preach the message of grace, when you preach the gospel, 
This question comes up quite often. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The reason for that is because when we do mess up in Jesus, he's always there to rescue us. Amen. Like there's so much grace. The Bible says where sin multiplies, grace multiplies even more. Amen. There's a version that says grace multiplies even more and a little bit more than that. So there's grace added when sin is in the picture. Why? Because God, he's so loving and so good that he wants to forgive you. He wants you to live a life of freedom and a life of victory. He doesn't want you to live a life of death and of sin and of condemnation and entrapment and bondage. That's why he came to earth to die on the cross for us. That's why we did what we just did today to remember his sacrifice, his blood of the new covenant and, and the bread that represents his flesh that was torn into pieces for our sake. And so when Paul is preaching this message, he's going all across Asia. And as you know, Paul had a he had a tremendous encounter with God. Amen. He was he was killing Christians or at least attempting to kill Christians. He was telling on them because you weren't supposed to preach the name of Jesus. If you were preaching the name of Jesus, you were supposed to die. And so Paul was one of those guys who was in leadership, and he was willing to see Christians die because he felt so strongly that they were wrong. And Paul was, was a Pharisee. He was a man that understood the word. He knew exactly what the word said. He practiced his religion. He says that he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was like super Pharisee. So he's riding after Christians on his way to Damascus, and all of a sudden, he has this encounter with Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. How many of you have had an encounter with Jesus? Amen? Isn't God good? And, and Paul, he's on his way. His heart is full of hate. He's full of religion. He's full of just all these things that are negative towards Christians. And Jesus Christ appears to him. No one else saw Jesus, only Paul. Paul falls off his horse, and now he's blind. And Jesus begins to speak to him, and he says, his name was Saul, by the way, before. And he says, Saul, you know, why are you persecuting me? Why are you after me? He's like, Lord, what do you mean, how am I? I'm not after you. He's like, if you're after them, you're after me. Did you get that? If, he said, if you're after them, you're after me. That means Jesus, and he has your back. He has our back. He, he stands with us. When, when, you know, when you're being mocked because you're Christian, they're not mocking you. They're mocking Christ. When, when people are saying, man, why, why do you go to church and, and why do you worship and why do you read the Bible and why this and why that? That's, they're mocking. They're asking questions about Christ. Maybe they don't understand themselves, but they're not mocking us. Christ stands in front of his church and he says to Paul, why are you persecuting me? Now, this will make sense a little bit more as we get into it, but I just want to give you a little something right now. Jesus is not making a difference between himself and the church. I want you to understand how important that is. 
Because we live our lives so, so separately from Jesus, or at least in our minds, we live so separately from Jesus because we think there's Jesus and here's me. Man, I, I mess up all the time. I sin all the time. I have all these doubts. And Jesus is saying, you and I, because of the sacrifice that I, that I took to the cross, you and I, you have accepted me in your life. You and I are one. Not in the sense where he makes us God, but he makes us God-like. So he says, he tells Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul's in his confusion. He's like, I'm not. Lord, I'm I'm definitely not after you. I'm I'm definitely not after you, Lord. He's like, yes, you are. If you're after my church. So right there, Paul begins, his mind begins to change. He begins to see immediately, at least in our outside perspective, that, wow, God, the Lord Jesus He's, he says, if I mess with his children, I'm messing with him. Praise the Lord for that. He who is great, he who is in us is greater, amen? And so Paul has this encounter with Jesus, and now he begins to be transformed. And, and most of you know the story. He has, he's blind, so he has to go into to this town, and he has to wait. And God sends this, this man of God named Silas. Silas, you know, he hears the voice of God and he and God tells him, hey, Saul, he's in this town and he's blind. I want you to go pray for him and heal him. And Silas is like, Saul, the the guy that kills us. You want me to go pray for him because he's blind and you want me to heal the guy that wants to kill. As soon as he opens his eyes, he's going to kill me, Lord. He, He didn't say that, but I'm just, you know. Inspired. And Silas is like, no, what? But he's obedient. He says, all right, Lord, I'm going to go. He prays for Paul. He opens his eyes. Paul has encounters with Jesus. You can read it throughout the Gospels, throughout the, I'm sorry, throughout the epistles. You could read that Paul has all these encounters. And he says, he even goes to the point where he says, Jesus taught me about Holy Communion. Not, he says, the, I wasn't there with the apostles and Jesus when they first took the wine and the bread. Jesus himself came to me and explained to me about Holy Communion. And this is what it is. And he begins to explain it. This is the man that wrote this. This is who we're talking about. That's why I wanted to give you a little background. That's, that's why it's important that when we read this, we now understand that Paul, in all of his testimony and everything that he's gone through life, he's come to this place this understanding of what Jesus is for us and what we are for Jesus. So he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. So remember, Saul, he was in sin before. He was, I mean, he was killing people or at least attempting to or in his heart, he was already killing people. So he understood that God had grace, God had mercy on his life. He was on his way to kill Christians, and Jesus appeared to him. That's the kind of grace that we should all live. Knowing, look, yes, we don't live life focused on sin. Because if you focus on not sinning, guess what you're going to do? You're going to sin. You focus, okay, today... I'm not going to cuss. Today I won't cut nobody off on the freeway. 
uh, or if they cut me off, I'm not going to cuss. If there's a lot of traffic, I'm not going to get angry and upset and stressed out and, like, punch my car. I don't do that. I'm just saying generally speaking. I, and, but if you focus on not doing something, you're, you're, like your feelings and your emotions are going to be on wanting to do that. So don't focus. Focus on Jesus. And that's why this passage is so important. Verse 3, he says, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Now you died, brothers and sisters. Now tell your neighbor you died. Tell him like that, you died. I know it's weird, but just, you died. And now tell him, but you are alive in Christ. Tell him you're alive in Christ. You're alive in Christ. (laughs) That's what he says. Or do you not know? That as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So my question for you today is, how are you walking? Are you walking with the concept of death and sin and condemnation in your mind? Or are you walking in the newness of life? Because I know a lot of defeated Christians. Amen? I know a lot of defeated I see them on TV all the time. They're defeated. They're like, oh, I'm so horrible. I'm a sinner. When you declare that, look, we were sinners. God redeemed us. And I'm not saying we don't sin. (laughs) Best believe we mess up. But you can't be a sinner and a saint. You can't be a sinner and a son of God or a daughter of God. That, that would be weird that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, lives in sinners and in dirty people. No, you're washed by the blood of Jesus. Amen? You are a new creation. What does the Bible says? You are a new creation. Old things have passed. Everything is new, the Bible says. You know, when you come to Christ and you're born again, you're like a little baby. You're like a little baby in God, and you begin to grow. God has been speaking to me about, like, our spirit and our soul and our bodies. He, he told me in our spirit what he's doing is he's growing us and he's empowering us. Our soul, our soul has always been around, so he needs to transform our soul. The Bible says to, to be renewed, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Your mind is in your soul. And then your flesh, what it does, and not talking like the flesh as in what was crucified with Christ, but the flesh, this, the body, amen, bones, the this, hello. And, and this will see the results Like you will be like smiling more because you're being empowered in the spirit and your soul is being transformed, is being renewed. You're being fixed. Hello? You're being changed. And so he says, look, you were were buried with Christ. And now he resurrected. He was raised in glory by the Father. So you should walk in newness of life. You shouldn't walk with the old life. 
Because that's dead. You know, when you start, when you see Christians, like, they call it backsliding or they call it, you know, whatever they call it, I'm messing up, I'm, I'm living in sin or whatever. What, what they're doing is, it's not that the old man didn't die. It's that the enemy is, is tricking their mind to think that the new man or the old man is still alive. And he's dead. That's why you told your neighbor, you died. You're not the same person anymore. You think you're the one that... That, that when you look in the mirror, that's who you are. But that's not you. You're the one living inside. You're the newborn spirit that God created inside of you. The one outside, this outside, is just, is just the tent that you're living in right now. But one day you're going to get a glorified body that matches your spirit and your soul. And you're going to be in heaven glorifying God. But for now, you got to know that you are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. You're not a body that has a soul that you're having a spiritual experience. That you live defeated. If you live from the flesh, if you live from the soul, you're going to find yourself in a lifestyle, a roller coaster lifestyle as a Christian. You got to live from within the spirit, the Bible says. You got to know who you are in Christ. And that's why Paul was so passionate about this message. That's why I'm so passionate about this message. Because if in Christ we are alive, in Christ we are righteous, in Christ we are victorious, we are walking in the newness of life. Stop walking in the old. Stop walking with the old man, the old identity that you used to have. Those are lies in your mind. You need to hear about who you are. I would, you know, I would recommend you read Romans maybe. Maybe Ephesians actually, which is like a smaller Romans. Read, it. <laughs> read the book of Ephesians, it's six chapters. It explains the whole gospel. Oh, it's beautiful. I remember the first time I read Ephesians, I was telling everyone. I was at work too. That was a long time ago. I still read the Bible at work, I'm not gonna lie. I read Ephesians and I was like, in one, like in one hour, I was just reading everything. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Jesus, Gee, He loves me. He made me new. Oh gosh, I'm in love with Jesus as He loves me. He says, walk in the newness of life. Paul is like so passionate about this. This is the message of his life. He came to the point, and you can read it somewhere in the Bible, where he said, he said, this is my gospel. This is my gospel. He came to be so passionate about. Walk in the newness of life, brothers and sisters. That's, that's what it means to be as he is, so are we. See, th this passage that I just read to you, it, it backs up that that mission that Grace and Love Church has for every believer to know that as he is, so are we. He says it here. Let's keep reading. Verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Okay, stop. You were, you were united in his death. Brothers and sisters, has anybody ever seen Passion of the Christ? Did anybody cry? I cried. It was intense. We were when we went to the movies to watch it, and everybody's crying. You know, there's you know the women you can hear more. The guys are like, hmm. "There's uh, something in my eyes." The ladies are like, ah. 
you know. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, you know, he's going to resurrect, guys. Like, he won. Like, I know it's intense. I know. I'm not trying to downplay it. But, but we, I don't want to live in just the death. We live in his resurrection. It's, you have to complete it. Don't just live in the death and burial. Also in his, so he says, you were united together in the likeness of his death. So together you died with Christ. Amen? So you're dead. Your old man is dead. Mario, you died. I'm sorry. I don't know what your new name is. For now, we're going to call you Mario still, but you died. The Bible says we're getting a new name in heaven. That name, we don't know it yet, but he says in heaven, you will have a new name. You know why? Because you died. You died. That old life died. So you were united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. What is likeness? What is likeness? It is you look like. You look like someone. When, when the son looks like the dad, wow, your son is, we don't talk like that anymore. Well, your son is in the likeness of you. It's really cool. We look like Jesus. Amen. We look like Jesus. Or at least we should because, because we, when we understand this, maybe right now you don't feel, what is Mario talking about? I don't feel like that. I feel, God, I'm all fat and stuff. Right? No, but, but in your spirit, you look like Jesus. And not like Jesus when he was suffering. Not like Jesus when he was buried. Not even like Jesus when he was walking on water and doing miracles. Not even that. And believe me, that's amazing. I, I'll take that any day. But in the likeness of his resurrection. Woo! Praise God. That should make you shout. It made me shout. I, I don't know where that came from. In the likeness of his resurrection. He was walking through walls. You know, he was walking through walls and still eating. I find that very interesting. I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. He ate with his disciples and he walked through walls. I'm just saying. Find out. Google it. I don't know. In the likeness of his resurrection. And if we could hear more of these kind of messages in church. But it's like, man, you look like sin. You look like death. You look, wow. Like, the Bible doesn't say that. Bible says you're in the likeness of his resurrection in glory. He resurrected in glory, not defeated, not, not, not sick, not stressed, not doubting. Oh, better preach, pastor. Nothing like that. Oh, he resurrected. He was powerful. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Look at where your old man is. He's crucified. And, man, he's, your old man's in Jerusalem, like in, over there in Israel somewhere. Crucified. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. 
So you see how you're not a sinner anymore? Not a slave to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Tell your neighbor, you've been freed from sin. Tell him. Because you died. You've been freed from sin because you died. Eres libre del pecado. Now, verse 8. You know, I don't even have to preach. I don't even have to commentate. This speaks for itself. Verse 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe, it's by faith, that we shall also live with him. With him. Not far away from him. Now he's in heaven and I'm here. Now he's my third cousin and I don't know him that well. No, with him. You live with him. Where was I at? Verse 7, right? Now if, eight, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Can Jesus die? Neither can you. Now, people think, oh, but wait, I'm, I, I already bought my funeral expenses. I got my tombstone set up. What do you mean I'm not dying? That's not you anymore. That's what you're not getting. Jesus, please. That's what, it's not us anymore. That's why the Bible doesn't even call it dying for Christians. Resting. So you can kind of get the concept. It's not you anymore. You're with him already. How does that work? It's, it's his glory. It's what he did on the cross for you. Where were we at? Ten? For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. But I want you to understand that he's no longer talking just about Jesus. He's talking about you and I. This is so foundational to your life. That's why we say, as he is, so are we, because I, you have to stand on a true gospel. If you feel like your life is rocking all the time, it's because you haven't been founded on the true gospel. I'm bold enough to say that, yes. Because when you're grounded in the true gospel, you know that you're dead, you're dead to sin, that you were united in his death, but that you're in the likeness of his resurrection, and that you're united with him now, that sin no longer has dominion over you, and the life that you live, you live to God. That's the true gospel. Let me read 10 again. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Right now he lives, amen? So that life he lives to God. Right now you live. So this life you live to God. So just do it. Just follow the goodness of God. Follow your instincts to be good. It's in there. The enemy is just lying to you, trying to make you think that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy enough, that you're bad, that you're this, that you're that. No, no, no. Ignore it. Rebuke it in Jesus' name and just move forward and do good. He says it in verse 11, just in case you didn't get it this whole time. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves or, or think of yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. 
but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Are you alive in Christ? Amen. So that means you're dead to sin. It no longer exists in you. Now, you might think, but I sin. Yes, but there's a difference between being dominated and a slave to sin and being a sinner and messing up once in a while. Get up, dust your feet, learn from it, move forward. I heard a preacher, a grace preacher say, how do you stop sinning, you might be asking. Stop. You have the power. The resurrection power lives in you. Now, you may have thoughts and you might have temptations which are not sin. It's okay. We all have thoughts. They're not even your thoughts. We all have thoughts and temptations. And they, some, you might think, you have the, I have the worst, though, Mario. I have the worst temptations. I have the worst thoughts. No, you don't. We all do. We all have those thoughts. The enemy puts those thoughts in your head. Why? Because he's trying to make you not think like the gospel should. He'll come in your mind and he'll say, he won't even say you are. He won't even say you are this and you are that. He'll say, I am inside of you. I am. Like he'll say, I am this. I am that. I am unworthy. And then you think, did I just have that thought? Because the thought said, I am. Like I'm this and I'm that. That's the enemy still. You following me? Don't listen to him. And the Lord rebuke him in Jesus' name. He's not part of us. Amen? We're part of Christ now. All right, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. Just to, now you understand that you and Christ are one. Remember, Paul or Saul at the, at the time was going after the church, and Jesus said, hey, why are you coming after me? Because Jesus and the church are one, just like marriage. That's why in Ephesians chapter 3, he compares it to marriage. Same again, Paul. First of John chapter 4. Are you there? Please say amen. And we're going to read verse 17 through 19. And it's amazing. Let's read it slow. We'll read it twice. Okay, ready? Love has been perfected among us in this. How? What? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Boldness in the day of judgment. Wow. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he loved us first. Or he first loved us. Let's read it one more time. Let's get it. Let's, let's chew it. Love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is... So are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Wow. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Amen. To have boldness 
in the day of judgment in front of God, wow, we must have something special. That's called love. That's called Jesus and us being together. He's just going to be like, uh, you guys are with Jesus? Yeah, okay, go inside. We're going to be bold in the day of judgment. We're not going to be afraid. That's why he says there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. So you see, brothers and sisters, as he is, so are we in this world. So much so that in the day of judgment, you'll have boldness. And you'll say, uh, I'm with Jesus. Like, I'm good. Okay, come in. You're in. Boldness in the day of judgment. No fear at all. Because as he is, so are we in this world. We died with him. Uh, we died to sin with him. We were united in his death. We're in the likeness of his resurrection. We live with him. We died to sin, and now our lives, we live to God. And we are being perfected in love without fear. Fear of what? Fear of judgment, fear of condemnation, fear of sin taking over our life. Why? Because our focus is him and him only. Amen? Perfect love casts out all fear. I love that. Anytime that, you know, there's times where we feel fearful of things. You may have fear in your life. You, you shouldn't live with fear now, okay? That's different. If you, have, if you live with a fear, constant fear, um, that's not healthy. We should pray for you. But sometimes, once in a while, the enemy will try to put fear in your life. My prayer, when, when I have fear, my prayer is always that. Hey, no, perfect love casts out all fear. Nope, it's not going to work. Perfect love lives in me. Fear doesn't. Not even close. He tries to creep in. Perfect love casts out all fear. Amen? So remember this. When you walk through this world, you're walking in the likeness of Christ. That's how you should walk. Those of you that are getting baptized in water this next weekend, think about that. You're walking in the likeness of Christ now. You're not walking with the, with the old man or the, or the person you used to be. You're walking in the kingdom. You're walking with Jesus Christ. You, are, you represent him here on earth. You may not fully know it, but do it by faith. I walk with Christ. I walk in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen? All right, let's pray, brothers and sisters.